Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. After months of fighting, the Temecula School Board again failed to approve a new elementary social studies textbook. That sets up a showdown with the governor's office. KBCR's Madison Ament reports. Back in May, the conservative majority rejected a book because the supplemental material mentioned gay rights activist Harvey Milk. Late last night, the board again said no, and instead chose to stick with an old textbook, one that doesn't meet state standards. Edgar Diaz is the president of the Temecula Teachers Union. He says he's disappointed. We're holding things back that are much better for student learning um, for reasons only the three board members can explain. Last week, Governor Gavin Newsom weighed in and said the state would buy books if the board didn't pick a new one. After the late-night vote, a spokesman for the governor said they plan to move forward with purchasing textbooks. Board President Joseph Komrowski says the board will send those books back. For the California Report, I'm Madison Ahmed in Temecula. The California State University system is failing to adequately protect its community from sexual harassment. That's according to a new report from the state auditor released this week. KQED's Amy Mayer has more. The audit found widespread shortcomings in how CSU campuses and the chancellor's office have handled allegations of sexual harassment. The report found that in many cases, claims were dismissed after inadequate investigations. Others were immediately dismissed with no investigation at all. The findings align with those of a law firm hired by the CSU Board of Trustees to conduct a similar review. Those findings were presented in May. Questions about the handling of sexual harassment claims have plagued the CSU system in recent years and contributed to the resignation of the chancellor last year. For the California Report, I'm Amy Mayer. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. 
California is dumping at least $100 million a year into its flagship rehabilitation program for former prisoners. Specialized treatment for optimized programming, also known as STOP, provides housing and other support for parolees. But a new investigation from CalMatters has found the state has no idea if the program actually works. CalMatters investigative reporter Baronda Lyons has the story. You have a prepaid call from... An inmate at the Sentinella State Prison. Hi, Jack. Hi, good morning. Jack Loney wound up in prison just two months after he completed a STOP program in Northern California. He said he didn't have any big complaints about STOP, but once it was over... It was, okay, your time is up tomorrow. Thanks for coming. And, you know, I mean, you did good. You know, we'll send you your uh, letter of completion, and that was that. Loney was hopeful for a second chance on the outside after serving 23 years in prison for second-degree murder. But he says he had nowhere to go after stop, but back home to L.A., where he fell into his old habits and reoffended. How common is Loney's experience? We don't know. Neither does the state. They don't have data on anything. Mike Romano founded the Three Strikes Project at Stanford Law School. If you were to go to ask them on how effective are gang rehabilitation programs in prison, no data. How effective are gang intervention programs in prison, no data. There's no data. There's very little data on anything CDCR does. California's Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation doesn't keep data on recidivism rates of stop participants. It took the agency three tries just to narrow down how many people were enrolled in the program in 2020 and 2021. The department also didn't know how many people found jobs after the program. And when I visited some of the addresses the state told me were stop facilities. Hello? gate is locked. That house in Los Angeles had a padlock gate and a boarded up window. Reggie Jones-Sawyer is the lawmaker in charge of public safety in the state assembly. He's been a proponent of rehab programs for parolees, but he doesn't understand why it's so hard for the state to track stop participants. It's not that difficult to track. If you're successful, um, and that individual is released out to society, um, I, would, I would believe that they have a nine-to-five job. If you have a nine-to-five job, guess what you do? You file state taxes with the state franchise board. For one, he says, if parolees are working, tax records are one way to narrow down who has a job. A hundred million dollars? I'm sure every taxpayer in California wants to make sure we spent that money correctly. And remember, that's $100 million a year. The state has spent more than $600 million total since the program launched. After CalMatters started asking questions about STOP and its tracking policies, CDCR officials said the agency will now track recidivism, job placement, and make sure reentry homes are reviewed annually. For the California Report, I'm Baronda Lyons in Richmond. State regulators have identified hundreds of orphaned oil wells that will be permanently sealed. The state set aside $100 million for this project, and California will also be using federal funding to plug the wells. 
The wells are considered deserted or don't have an operator who's financially viable or compliant. Most of the wells that have been initially targeted are in L.A., Fresno, Kern, and Ventura counties. The California Department of Conservation is now taking public comment on the proposed list. California has thousands of orphaned wells, and it will likely cost billions of dollars to seal all of them. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, July 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. Stanford Medicine comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.